Hey everyone, it's Simon here, and on behalf of Maria and I, I want to thank you for checking out our podcast, and I want to encourage you to check out our website. On there, we have all of our upcoming events, in-person services, gatherings all over the place, and if you're looking for a church in the MacArthur region, check it out. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, it's all there. We'd love to get to know you. Let's get to the podcast. A few weeks ago, we started a new series called This Is The Way, and it's a bit of a play on words. I've stolen the catchphrase from the Star Wars Mandalorian series where they look at one another and they say, This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. Uh, That's all you need to know. They say, this is the way. You know, it's kind of cool. You know, I wish I had a Mandalorian helmet to put on and look all cool and be epic that way. But Jesus said in John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So he says he's the truth, Uh, not just a truth. He is the truth. Uh, He says he is the life, not just a form of life or an option. No, he is the life, meaning that there is no true life outside of Christ. Uh, Outside of Christ, we are spiritually dead. Our only hope for living in this life, like truly living in this life and for eternity in heaven is in Christ in the name of Jesus. Amen. I can see some heads nodding as I'm saying this because we're all in agreement on that. And Jesus himself said, I came that you would have life and life more abundantly, meaning life the way he has life, life from him, that he would be our life source. But he also says, He's the way. And most of us would conclude, you know, he's the way to heaven. That's what he means by that. But it's much more than that. And we've mentioned this each week, but that word, the way, is the Greek word hodos, which we can put on a scroll here. And it's not just a traveled way, but it's also a a manner of thinking, feeling, and deciding. So Jesus isn't just the way to heaven. He certainly is. But he isn't just the way to heaven. He's also the way to live. Amen? He's the way to live. He is how I practice my life with God. This is the way. And that's the focus of this series. Is we're talking about some, practice, some practices, some practical things that we do in our following of Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way. The, the practice, the doing, the deciding, the habit, whatever way you want to put it, this is the way. And uh, you know what we practice is so important, especially when it comes to living with and for God. In James chapter two, verse eighteen, he encourages us and says, "Someone will say, you have faith, and I have works, but show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works." So my faith, trust, and relationship with God is shown in how I practice my life, how I live that out. Uh, You might say, oh, I'm a Christian. I'm I'm a Christian. But where is that in the practice of your life? Is God shown to be in any way that you actually work your life? Now, that isn't to say that we live this works-based life for God, that I do these things to earn favor from God. No, that's that's not the case. But it's actually the other way around, that if I my life is God-centered, if I have been transformed by the miraculous work of Christ, if I've been born again, well, guess what? That is outworked in my life. So it's not that I work to get His grace. No, it's because of His grace I do work. It's because of His transforming power in my life. That's what causes me to practice life different, to practice life with Him, like Him, for Him. So, so far in this series, we've outlined two 
practices. The first was the practice of the presence of God. And the second was the practice of pages last week at in-person church. And they all start with P, you know, veteran pastoral move there, starting with P. Hope it's a powerful series for you. Uh, but the practice of the presence of God was really about focusing my, my heart on being with him all day long. We shared a lot from Brother Lawrence's book, Practicing the Presence of God, which is like four or 500 years old. Uh, and it's a great encouragement for us to, to know that he is with me every day, every moment. This is how we live day by day, to be aware of him, to think upon him, to have statio moments in our day. And the practice of pages was really about the practice of study and the practical seeking of godly wisdom and understanding in the practice of pages and study. Now, not just practicing the, the, the pages of God's word, that's, that's obviously the foundation of it, but also other resources we use to figure out what the truth is in scripture, which sometimes takes a bit of work and skill and takes some help from people who know better than us. So if you've missed any of those, check the podcast. Come on, this is the way. Stay up to date. You know, if you can stay up to date with a Netflix series, then you can stay up to date with a preaching series. Come on, we can do it. This is the way. So today I want to focus on our next practice, which is a massive one. And that is this, the practice of prayer. The practice of prayer. Now, what is prayer? Well, it's talking with God. It's relationship with him, communicating in relationship with him. It's bringing our needs to God. It's standing in the gap for others. It's it's not just a practice. It really is the practice of the Christian life, isn't it? It is the practice. Like anything we strive to do without prayer is really asking for trouble. Like it's it's to try and do things in our own strength is just not compatible with the Christian life. We are to have prayer as part of our life, like breathing. Uh, that is prayer to the Christian, right? Is praying unto God, right? You know, Jesus practiced prayer. Uh, he prayed in public and in private. And we read in Luke's account of uh, the gospel. Uh, he says this in Luke chapter three, verse 21 to 22. One day, when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. As he was praying, the heavens opened, and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove, and a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. It says, as he was praying, the heavens opened. It doesn't say as he was thinking, as he was pondering, as he was listening to a podcast, as he was... Uh, watching. No, it says, as he was praying, which is a sermon all in itself. Hey, you want to open heaven over your life? Well, it starts with prayer. Amen. Amen. And I love that this kind of picture of two-way communication, because prayer really is two-way. It's not just me talking to God, but he says right there that the heavens opened and this heavenly father spoke to him. I think that's a beautiful picture of prayer in action. And prayer isn't just one way. Or later in Luke chapter 6, verse 12, it says, one day soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray and he prayed to God all night. Now, this is just one example in scripture of many times Jesus went off in private to pray for long periods of time. You know, Jesus had an active prayer life. Right, And so should we. Like, Who are we to think that we can get through this life praying less than Jesus did? Like, Think about it. If he felt the need to pray all night, 
Well, maybe there might be a time in our life where we will feel the need to pray, to press in in prayer for long periods of time. Jesus practiced prayer. Also, Jesus taught about prayer. Uh, The most famous teaching of prayer that Jesus taught was the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. I like reading the part just before the Lord's Prayer because he gives us some real practical tips on the practice of prayer. He says this in verse 7. It's Jesus speaking. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think that their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Have you ever been in a prayer meeting where someone's like, Father, Lord Jesus, Father, Lord Jesus. You know, we can fall into that habit, right? Verse 8, don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. Verse 9, pray like this. And then the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And do not let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Now, this is a great uh, teaching from Jesus and an example of a, a great prayer because it actually gives us a framework of how we can practice prayer. You know, in verse 9, it starts with worship. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, right? Uh, Our Father in heaven, your name is holy. It starts with worship in verse 9. Verse 10, it's praying God's will to be done. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In verse 11, it's praying for needs. Give us today our daily bread. Come on. In verse 12, it's asking for forgiveness and forgiving others. And in verse 13, it's asking for protection, and help. Now, I believe this is a great framework for our, like if you just took that framework and made that your daily prayer time, uh, intentional practice of prayer, my goodness, your prayer life would go to the next level because we're modeling it off what Jesus actually taught us. This is the way, the practice of prayer. I even think about our church planting journey, which we're well over a year into now. Uh, really, we've been very intentional about covering every aspect of our prayer uh, of our church planning journey in prayer. Uh, that doesn't mean we're all getting in a room together and, and competing with how good we, no, no, but we, we, we are intentional about covering every aspect, every step that we take in prayer. You know, uh, one area we have leaned into is at our sending church, they have an intercessory and prayer team. And Narely, who helps organize that, she sends me a text every month asking for an update. And I honestly cannot tell you how many times I've had to change the lists because what they've been praying for, what they've been spearheading for in prayer, and much of that prayer is in secret. No one really knows about it. God knows about it. That's the kind of prayer I'm into, the prayer that God knows about. But listen, you know, they've been spearheading our church planning journey in prayer, in powerful, amazing biblical prayer. And we thank God for it. The Apostle Paul uh, encourages the Colossian church to pray. He says this in Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Or in the English Standard Version, it says it this way, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. And in this simple verse, the Apostle Paul gives us three strong encouragements about prayer. And that's where I want to focus on for the rest of today. And that is, he starts off by saying, devote yourself to prayer. Devote yourself to prayer. You know, it's a, it's a discipline. It's continual. It's It's not always easy. It says in Luke 
18 verse 1, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. Now, what was the story? Well, Jesus tells this story of an unjust judge, and he describes this judge and says that this judge neither feared God nor cared about people. Sounds like a, the kind of judge you really want to <laughs> stand before. But the, the, it's he talks about in this story about how a widow keeps pleading her case before this judge and keeps bothering and begging him and, and, and asking again and again and again. And this unjust judge, depending on the translation you, you read, I know the New Living Translation says that the judge, he says, this woman is driving me crazy. <laughs> Reminds me of my kids asking, dad, dad. Can I have a, can I have a super duper? Dad, dad, you know, oh, this is driving me crazy. And it says that this unjust judge gives the widow what she wants. Now, the point of this story is not to call God an unjust judge or even to call us a begging widow. No, the point of this story is that God is much better than an unjust judge. Like, and he, what he's saying is that, hey, if someone who is unjust, who neither fears God, nor cares about people, is willing to give a widow something that she persistently asked for without giving up, how much more so does your loving, providing, gracious, heavenly father want to give you what you ask for and pray for without giving up? This is the point, that our our continually asking God for prayer should be fueled by the fact that we know our God loves us and he hears us and he cares for us. You know, devotion to hopelessness is a lot harder than devotion to a loving, faithful God. Amen. Prayer is a practice of hope and trust and dependence. This is the way. Come on. The practice of Prayer, it is at the core of our relationship with Christ. Our, our following of Jesus should be flooded with prayer. It says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, and we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. He hears us when we pray, so we should be devoted to it. You know, my lack of devotion to prayer is an alarming indicator of my lack of dependence on God. I'm going to say that again. Listen to this. My lack of devotion to prayer is an alarming indicator of my lack of dependence on God. This is the way. The practice of prayer. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, never stop praying. Come on. doesn't say never stop complaining. doesn't say never stop whining. <laughs> doesn't say never stop scrolling. You know, we, we've talked about how we become what we practice. If I just scroll and scroll and compare and like and pose and, and scroll and scroll, and scroll. guess what? What is that turning you into? Come on. We should not never stop scrolling. No, never stop praying. And you might uh, be watching today and saying, oh, well, what's the point of prayer? Like, what's, does it really make a difference? And if that is your perspective as a Christian, okay, uh, we need to have a fresh realization that we are so dependent on God. Even the breath I breathe, take a breath. You are so dependent on God. Every breath you've been given is, is a gracious gift from God. But on top of that, if you really have no sense of like 
needing like, like, like dependence on God and prayer, well, then I would ask the question, how safe is your life? Like, are, are you allowing your Christian walk to just become so safe that you have no sense of dependency on God? It's like you can just do everything in your own strength, you know? Sometimes it doesn't take much faith to just go to work, come home, make food, go to work, come home. Like, where's that sense of journey? Where's that sense of stepping out in faith in your walk? You, you, want, you want your prayer life to come alive? Do something for God. Step out in faith and watch how, oh man, you know, I'll tell you something, church planning, it calls you to prayer because we need God every step of the way, right? We must be people who are devoted to prayer, prayers of dependence, prayers of trust and gratitude. Devote yourself to prayer is what the Apostle Paul says. And notice it says, devote yourself to prayer. It doesn't say Get someone to devote you to prayer. No, uh, I can't devote you to prayer. Your husband can't devote you to prayer. Your wife can't. Your kids can't. Your parents can't. Your pastor can't. You must devote yourself to prayer. Yeah, and I, I don't know what that looks like for you. Maybe that looks like a reminder in your phone throughout the day. Hey, pray. Maybe that looks like a set time in your day. I encourage everybody to have some time in their day. Stacio moments, times where they stop and you pray. Let prayer become a stream in your life. The second thing that the Apostle Paul encourages us to do is to be alert in prayer. Devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. The English Standard Version says, be watchful in prayer. You know, a cool story. Jesus is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, which is a tricky word. Say that five times. But he's praying in the Garden and he takes Peter, James and John with him. It's the lead up to the cross, right? This is like, you know, towards the end of Jesus' life. And he takes them with him. And, and he says this in Matthew chapter 26, 41, because they all fall asleep, except Jesus, obviously. And, he, and Jesus says to them, keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. And it goes on to tell us that, they fell asleep three times. Now, if these three disciples who were very close to Jesus found it hard to stay awake and alert in prayer with Jesus in his physical presence, after watching him do miracles, raise people from the dead, miraculous feeding of thousands of people, if they found it hard to stay alert in prayer, well, no wonder we find it hard to stay alert in prayer. It's just because our flesh is weak. The body is weak. Now, what does it mean to be watchful, to be alert in prayer? Well, that the translation there is literally to stay awake, to be awake, awake to the fact that through God's work of grace, you have open communication with him, uh, awake to the fact that he is listening, awake to the fact that he does intervene, that he is our hope, that we are dependent upon him. We, he is our source of life and purpose. I mean, this is sacred stuff, the practice of prayer. Stay awake. Following Jesus is not a sleepwalk. If your prayer life has become dormant and sleepy, come on, wake it up. Do, do what you need to do to devote yourself and stay alert in prayer. When your prayer life is active and awake, prayer is no longer your last resort. It's your first response. And I want prayer in my life to be my first response. 
Not my last resort. That oh, I do everything in my own strength, and at the last minute I go, God, please, we need you to, we need you to intervene. It's like, well, how about you include God in your prayer all the way through, in in your preparation, in in all of your journey. Don't just ask Him at the end. Oh, please bless what we've done. You know, let's let's not do that. Let's be devoted and alert in prayer. It's like you know, on my phone I can put on Do Not Disturb mode, and what that means is. The only people who can call me and text me and I get notified is people who are in my favorites. So if you tried to call me and I don't answer, maybe you're not in my favorites. Sorry. But uh, it's a cool way to kind of switch off, but still allow your wife to call you uh, when you're in a meeting or something. But uh, many Christians today, they don't have the things of God in their favorites in their life. When they get home, they sit on the couch, they put their feet up. It's like, and they put on do not disturb in their life, in their mind, in their thinking. Prayer isn't in their favorites. God's word isn't in their favorites. Worship isn't in their favorites. Come on, we need to have prayer, the things of God still there when we switch off everything else. It needs to be a key part of who we are as Christians. Amen? Is prayer in your favorites? Is God's word in your favorites? Is worshiping him in your favorites? We need to prioritize prayer. And you can't be alert in prayer when you're buried in distractions, right? So the Apostle Paul says, be devoted to prayer. Be alert in prayer. And lastly, he says, be thankful in prayer. Devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Gratitude, thankfulness, You know, we mentioned the Lord's Prayer. It starts with worship. It starts with thanks. It starts with gratitude. You know, the gratitude's the antidote for grumpiness, right? Uh, We just read in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, it says, never stop praying. But the very next verse in verse 18 says, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Well, what's God's will for my life? What's God's will for my life? Be thankful. Be thankful, be grateful, give thanks to him for all he's done for you. Give thanks to him for all he is, who he is, how great he is. Our following of Jesus should be flooded with prayer and flavored with gratitude and thankfulness and worship. This is part of the practice of prayer is thanks, giving thanks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Come on. I challenge you to start each day listing what you're thankful for. Lord, I'm thankful. Thank you for this. Thank you for, for, for my bed. Thank you for my legs. Thank you for the, my, the air I'm breathing in my lungs. Thank you for my wife, my kids. Thank you, for, thank you for this amazing privilege it is to live for you and walk with you. It says in Ephesians 5.20, And give thanks for everything to God the Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, gratitude adjusts my attitude. It does. Like, you won't find a grumpy and grateful person. It's like, I'm so grateful for these kids that just tick me off. (laughs) I'm so grateful for this meal that just, it just doesn't sound right, does it? Right? Like, there is a sense of adjusting my attitude with gratitude. So, be devoted in prayer. Be alert in prayer. And be thankful in prayer. Devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart, says the Apostle Paul. This is the way. Practicing the presence of God. 
the practice of pages, and the practice of prayer. Amen. I hope you stay with us on this journey as we continue this series. And we got a couple more to go in person the next couple of weeks. We got our big Christmas outreach coming up. Let's be in prayer about that. Amen. But today I just want to close with, you guessed it, some prayer. Come on, let's pray. Lord, we thank you that we can come before you and we can pray to you. Thank you that you hear us. Lord, we 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 come before you with gratitude. We devote ourselves to prayer. We we bring ourselves in watchful prayer to you, Lord. And we are grateful for all that you've done. And Lord, we just commit afresh today to prayer. We commit afresh today to constant communication with you. We are dependent upon you. Lord, forgive us for times where we have just gone through life in our own strength and haven't prayed. Forgive us for times where we've allowed prayer to become the last resort instead of our first response. And Lord, we look to you today afresh. We pray to you. We ask you, Lord, for your hand to be upon every aspect of our life, every day, as we wake up this week, as we wake up, as we go to bed, Lord, that you would lead us and guide us. And we commit it all to you in prayer, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope the word encouraged you today. No one encouraged me. Uh, it's it encouraging me to stay devoted in prayer. Come on, stay alert in prayer and stay grateful in prayer. Make sure you check our website for all upcoming events. And we hope to see you over the next couple of weeks as we kind of close out our year of in-person gatherings and lead up to Christmas to, together. Come on, this is the way. Have a great week.